BPM, Philly, black triples on deck, hear the wreck to set, the best that it gets, let's go, come on, coming at you with hurricane force, intense as a landslide, cool as a slap on the black hand side, exceptional collective, the tribe of five, the source to put forth, the liveest vibe, the place to go when you search and seek for some space to satisfy your urban geek. Prude city dudes or suburban freaks, we the perfect break for your working week. Live on the set from the home of Philly Cam, all across the airwaves to all my Philly fam. Direct and effective five-headed Philly clan, all around the world we rep for Philly man. Shout out to all my geeks and nerds, Black Dribbles is here and what we speak is heard. Come and get a taste of the Thursday night flavors. Spider traces, phases, and lightsabers. We created a council, formed a federation. Metropolis, Gotham, New York, all across the nation. Choose your designation, get indoctrinated, take the oath of allegiance, increase the population. One triple, two triple, three triple, four. Five triples combined to make millions more. The people power the media, let's get online. It's our time to shine with black triples. Prime, prime, prime. Coming to you from the beautiful studios of WPPMLP 106.5 FM, Philly, Camden. Yeah. Holler if you hear me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, children of all ages. Welcome to another top 10 summer episode of Black Tribbles. Prime, yeah, boy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My uh, name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble, and as always, I am joined in this lovely studio by Yo, what's up? It's the Trailblazer, the Stargazer. It's your girl Kennedy, also known as that Mikey chick, also known as Mjolnir Tribble, but better known as the Storm Tribble. What's up, y'all? Was good. Summer in the city, and I am the oncoming storm. And I'm pounding tonight, bringing the thunder. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. My dental situation gonna be all right. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple E Mac. Good heavens! What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen, young Triple, poor Triple, rich Triple, <laughs> Triple still Triple. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I'm goofing around. Don't mind me. It's your boy Jay Rich, the Spider Triple. What is this quiet storm stuff we got going on here? I don't know. They're getting their Mac Daddy on. I guess I don't know. Hey, girl. <laughs> Beginning of an R- every R and B song ever. Yeah. The Super Triple we'll is mac and Super Triple is uh, on tour with Gangsta Grass, doing big things, taking photos with particle accelerators and whatnot. Um, but. While they are wrecking stages from coast to coast, we have here rocking it out on Facebook Live the most. Ooh, what it do, y'all? It's the <laughs> lovely family member that came through for the barbecue, the man with all the hustle. It's Cousin Muscles. Ooh, what it do? Super Saiyan Triple here, a.k.a. Soul Brother number one. Hey. Big Tiny. <laughs> what up? Embracing yeah, yeah. it. Embrace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got this to. Is a nice embrace. <clears throat> it's the top 10 Isn't summer, it? ladies and gentlemen. And as you know, we, we do top 10 uh, lists each and every week here on Black Tribbles during the summer. And tonight is no exception, as we will be giving you our top 10 sci-fi movies of 
that we like. Okay. Guys. I was like, of the year? Like, I, I know you wanted to say of the year, but then you realized, like, no, I was going to say of all time. But I was going to no. say of all time, but then I realized it's each of our lists, so it can't necessarily be the I top mean, 10 of all time. It's all of our If we lists. say it is. Well, there you go. Well, okay. Plus, between our between the four of us, five of us, including Isaiah, our lists could quite easily be the top 10 movie, sci-fi movies of all time. It could be. True. And it won't just be our list because as what? Kennedy will tell you, we have a very special guest that we will be speaking with later in the later in the show who will be presenting her own top ten list. Who we got uh on the show coming up later. That's Chris right. Shut up. <laughs> uh revolutionary documentarist filmmaker uh M. Asli Dukan will be on the show tonight. Um, in promoting her upcoming project, Resistance, uh, which is going to be some uh, Resistance series, a new web series coming out, um, which will be sci-fi focused uh, in Philadelphia and people of color and, and the marginalized communities and, and their their involvement in a science fiction type resistance situation. I'm excited to hear more about it. This was the gist that I was able to you know glean from social medias. Um, so I'll be very interested to talk to her. Um, she is uh, a renowned filmmaker. Um, even met Octavia Butler at one point. Was yes. documenting her her later years. Um, so this will be dope. good stuff. High well, high caliber, nice. how high caliber ish we got going on here. Most certainly, and mm. I think she is already a member of the Triple Nation. She is, but I can't remember what her designation is. Well, hopefully she well, does. Right? Like, that will be the test. Dun, 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 dun. Speaking of the Triple Nation, the Triple Nation grew. <laughs> the tri- Triple Nation grew just a little bit more, ladies and gentlemen, this past weekend as we had wow, we spent the weekend at the fifth annual Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We yeah, had yeah. Soul Triple Train right here in the in the TV studios of sure. WPPM, Philly Cam. That was big fun shout out to uh dj Tell, my man uh who held it down on the wheels of steel yeah i heard um through the grapevine that it was it was everybody was dancing their hearts out was, everybody was came, coming coming out sweating like yeah. they was at the club all night oh my yeah. god all the moves yes it was it was st- yes it was all it was literally all the moves were busted out mm-hmm. on Soul Triple Train. Shout out to our musical guests, Zilla Rocca and Ghetto Songbird, who really just, uh, uh, both of them just tore it down. Uh, it was a fun, fun Saturday. And then we had more fun, if that's even possible, as we were, the uh, again, the closing act of the festival at T-Moms, on, Tattoo Moms on South Street, uh, where we played Road Trip for the audience, uh, it was Kennedy, Jay, and I with Isaiah, and we had we had a rollicking singing good time. You missed it, E. We were singing our hearts out. Yeah. Mm. And Jay didn't sing any Disney. <laughs> Yo, he was kind of forced not to, but I mean, yeah, yeah, he didn't play much. I, I, you would have won, and that would have been they, yeah, 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 right. Like, like I, I just couldn't. Yeah. Like, because everyone joins in on Disney song. Let's, yeah, let's everybody get loves, Everybody loves a good Disney song. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Just do the whole show. <laughs> the whole show like that. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 sci fi movies. I was cleaning out my toilet with a scrub brush that I just bought. Oh, yeah. I kept putting it in, taking it out. Oh. 
and putting it in and taking it out. <laughs> so and then weird. I added some bleach. And swirled it around counterclockwise. Mm. Yeah. With wrist yes. motion. Mm. A little Ooh. bit of fingertips. <laughs> uh, oh. Don't stop. Sorry. Don't stop. Oh, stop. Okay. No. I like Keep this. it going. No. I like this. No it's means okay. no. Let me get this. I don't <laughs> no means no. <laughs> I'll get this sponge. Is it a soft no or hard no? You want the that heart. felt pretty soft. Len, I'm oh trying to. I'm trying to. Oh my god! What you have? What you have here, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus. This is. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. This is the educational part of the said black soft no or a hard no. I'm mad at you for that. Go ahead, educational. Well, there is a difference, and that's, that's the quite education. A that's the education that Black Tribbles gives to each and every one of you out there listening to us on these uh, community radio sta- airwaves. <laughs> Did exactly. you say stairways? Like you just <laughs> like it's going all down. I mean, it goes down. No. Bro, I was trying to clean it up as we went. Okay. So just uh, like, all right, just wonder. He's sweeping under the rug. I was talking about cleaning out a toilet. Mm, I was there. There's nothing wrong with housekeeping. I was watching housekeeping. Housekeeping. Get the gloves. I do windows. Somebody get the gloves. <laughs> Sanitation is important. Yeah. This, is, is this this prevents the spread of disease of, yeah. of disease bearing yeah. bacteria? Yeah. Might I be true. specific? And we all know how susceptible the human immune system can be to foreign bacteria. Yep. Get that protection on. <laughs> and cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So that's one to grow on. Uh, thanks. To- <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Someone's gonna pass your kiss. <laughs> someone's gonna pass your. That's like being in a crowd full of people and someone blows a kiss to somebody else and you pass interfere. Like, oh, got you. it, thanks. Got it. Pocket, like, thank just you. jump in the middle of it and just grab just it. Catch like, it, catch it, catch it. Like, <laughs> person look all shocked. Like, what? what just <laughs> Who that? <laughs> Put it in your pocket for later. They're like, but what, how, does that even work like that? Yeah, right. Oh goodness. <laughs> Well, we're off and running. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love it. You like it. Yeah, you do. Don't front line. Look at him smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't get rid of that mm-hmm. smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Secret word is pineapples. <laughs> 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 oh. yeah. Secret word or the safety word? Oh, God. Speaking of educational, did you know that pineapples uh, possess an enzyme? I forget what the enzyme is called. Turn up. That... <laughs> <laughs> that you know how when you bite into a, a pineapple and it's a little tart yes at first before it's nice and sweet and delicious yes yep. well that tartness is this enzyme that is uh so acidous and so strong that it can actively break down meats Turn. that's why people use it to tenderize on top of like, like hands and, and, like and stuff yeah. like that oh. so like basically as you're eating a pineapple a pineapple is literally eating you back Mm, I don't mind. Wouldn't be the first time. Let's oh, get right. That's, that's hot. Yeah. Second time. I day. like that. I just had some pineapples. That's what made me think of it. Mm. Mm. I was going to tell you that then, but you were enjoying it so much, and I know that you can only eat like a prayer and a tic tac. Yeah. So I figured. I know, right? It. Like with this, this new <laughs> regimen. Let like, him enjoy that. I miss meat. Oh my goodness! I miss <laughs> meat. <laughs> I'm not even. Girl, gonna... don't eat. That's meat. a different mm-hmm. show. Different show. Different show. So top ten summer. And in the top 10 summer, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite genres. <laughs> top 10 sci-fi <laughs> films. And we decided upon this topic because of our esteemed guest. Um, so when I'll be interested to hear what, what her top 10 will be. 
uh, at the top of the hour. Um, but if I, my my top ten list has been, I, I was when I was constructing it, I was like, wow, this is like every other list I've ever. All of my favorite movies. Right, it's the are- same stuff. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my list, and I was like, man, I should just keep this ten, top Yo, 10 list for everything. But everything. But I had a question. I had a question. Um, you know, without giving away the movies on your list, if you can, yeah. like, how are you defining science fiction? Good question. Uh, a movie that is rooted in some type of established scientific law. That the Some type of scientific law. Yes. That the storytellers or producers or writers, what have you, have taken some type of artistic liberties with. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's say, because this one was not on my list because it was not a great movie. <laughs> but say someone wanted to make the argument for Supernova starring James Spader and Angela Bassett. Right. Um. That movie takes place in the future in a, in a society where human beings have to, you know, uh, get clearances from the government or whatever kind of social construct in order to procreate and, and all that stuff. Anyway, the, the story focuses on these this crew of people that are in a deep space mission and their cryo beds open up unexpectedly and they come across some some uh, organism and another that's been infected some other person and they got to deal with the ramifications of that. So right. the fact that there's space travel, the fact that there's cryo beds, the fact that there's, you know, uh, trying to harvest energy from a nearby space anomaly, like all of that, all of those themes are common within science fiction. Um, I would not put that on my list because I found the ending to that anticlimactic and how you say tired. Mm-hmm. Although James Spader and Angela Bassett had some tremendous chemistry. Well, they're f- tremendous actors. Yeah. Tremendous. So. Even Lou Diamond Phillips was in that joint for a little hot second. And, right. and Robin um, Tunney. So it had the, oh, yeah, it had yeah. the makings of, of good work. The building blocks were there. But it just, it just did not come together at all. So, you know. But I see what you mean. So, but, but the basis of the film, or of the storytelling, you know, started with a realistic concept and then builds out from there. Right. Okay. All right. It, it, would you say that Matt, cause you're very like steeped in, in, in science and, and everything. Would you say that that kind of matches your idea of science fiction? Um, I probably, it starts with, I guess the fiction. Um, and then you oh, so just you add start fiction. That's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, cause it's, it's, it's a made up story, but it does incorporate things that are, you know, scientific or, you know, futuristic, mm. so to speak. Um, so a lot of my things are more about like a, I guess, like discovery kind of thing and uh, extraterrestrial in kind of nature, that kind okay. of thing. Okay. Uh, so a lot of that is what made my list. So do you, so, but I'm just asking, do you feel like those elements have to be present in order for at least a film to fit your definition of science fiction? Um, yeah, definitely. Cause it's, it's in a title. So yeah, it so, should have those things. Let me ask you this. Cause this was one thing that I, I started to put on my list specifically just to piss off Len. Cause I, I knew <laughs> wow. he would try to contest it in some way. Um, that's, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's black tribbles prime colon piss off Len. No, stop ahead. it. All day, every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, like earth girls are easy, right? 
I remember that. Is a movie that talks about very futuristic scientific themes, right? right? Beings from another planet crashing onto Earth, figuring out 1980s, you know, California human society. Um, there's black folks representation. Damon Wayans was in this movie. Um, Jeff Goldblum, you know, for the Jewish community was there. My personal love for him notwithstanding, you know. So there was, the protagonist was a woman. So, you know, there's there's elements of that that make it definitely fictional because it's a group of beings who land in the planet in the middle of the 80s and it's ridiculous. But I don't know if I could go so far, because I struggled with this. I was going to put it on my list, but I, I can't in all good faith call that a science fiction movie because it wasn't, the movie wasn't about science or about the fiction that can come from science it was a comedy that had science fiction elements too that was like science fiction flavored right okay. sprinkled in on top right okay all right so so but that that's that was the pineapples on the hand what about you jay what what would you say makes up a science fiction film for you i mean so I have a I have a couple movies just like just like uh, without I, without naming the movies on your on your right, list yet right um obviously grounded in science not always have to be uh, futuristic or anything like that there just has to be some kind of uh, impact the the story or the world has to be impacted by some type of science or technology or something and some of the science and technology doesn't mean again doesn't mean futuristic it could be nature you know like mm-hmm. uh, like a dystopian you know future or something like so there's a couple movies i have that are like eh. skirt the line there. yeah okay what about you lynn how would you classify a science fiction movie like i'm lynn i say and it happens <laughs> <laughs> thus <laughs> ergo vis-a-vis concordantly <laughs> Blam. Well, there you go. No, uh, no. I, I, to me, to me, it's it's a movie that is. Um, I, I, I do kind of like lean on the fiction, like like E said, um, and with that fiction, then there is some type of science put to it. Now, I think I do think that the best science. Uh, does start from a realistic base and builds out from there, much like you said. But I don't know if I necessarily hold that like that has to be like you know uh, evident there. So you know, hard and fast to it. But um, I'm you know that. So like, you don't like, think you don't think like, science needs to be in a science fiction movie for it to be science fiction? I'm confused. <laughs> no, I think no, but I don't think that the science necessarily has to be rooted in some realistic like uh i mean otherwise it's not science then it's fantasy fantasy. again yeah because like to me there are some more fanciful movies that i might consider science fiction you know because i kind of like there's a a blending of the two a little bit for me you know what i mean i mean that's just how i feel but like also like you said earth girls are easy to you it's not science fiction to me i see that as a science fiction film you know what I mean? I mean, it's a science fiction comedy because there are science fiction elements to it. I feel like if we had a scene of dialogue where the three of them were going over, you know, engine repair specs or something like that, right? then sure. But because it was all very tongue in cheek, it was all very, you know, uh, arm's length. 
uh, as far as it was almost dismissive um, of of science. I couldn't call that a science fiction movie. But Fair some enough. of some of our best like examples of science fiction films are films that you know are are exploring discoveries that are that are prevalent prevalent at the time. You know, um, are uh, exploring old topics and and applying new. Uh, information to them to kind yeah. of revamp them that way, but otherwise, like like Jason was saying, it makes it a fantasy film if it doesn't if it's not rooted in some type of of fact. Okay, I feel you. I, I you know, I uh, say it, say it, just say it. You know, just say I disagree. I'm ready to go to Rachel, mm-hmm. who has stepped into the building. <laughs> Introduce uh, yourself. What up, Radio Land? Uh, I am R Two Triple, and I am happy to be here. Hurrah! We're talking, about, we're talking about the top 10 summer, and it's the top 10 sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Now, without revealing anything that may be on a list or in your head, I don't know if you compiled a list, um, like, what, uh, what is your definition or what to you makes a science fiction film? Mm, now I feel like I'm wrong because what you just said about it being rooted in at least some sort of science makes sense and I don't know that I've ever really in my head said okay well exactly what is fantasy and exactly what is sci-fi and exactly you know right what are the rules for each one um what was the question again what's my definition of sci-fi say what what makes up a science fiction movie? what makes up a science fiction movie for me I, I don't know just hmm I think if it's if it has any sort of like unrealistic thing sort of happening, that's what to me speaks like science fiction, like space experiments, chemicals, like anything that's just not okay. Normal everyday life. I'll put that as a science fiction movie in my brain space, but I think I should reevaluate how I do things because I don't know. No, that I, an that, experiment is science. <laughs> no, I'm about to say, an I, experiment is textbook science. It's like okay. rudimentary science. So, yeah, and, but, I, and, and chemicals in space. Yeah, that, that's science. Every day. That's, and that is every day. You know, that's happening. Science. Yeah, I just something that's unrealistic. Flying cars, like you know, like all that sort of stuff. That's as soon as that's in a movie, I'm like, okay, that's a science fiction movie. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Swole brother. Cousin Muscles. Cousin Muscles. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. To the stage. Man, Cousin hey. Muscles. Hey. Satellite once. <laughs> 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 Camera's on me now, so ha ha. Anyway. <laughs> no, I was doing um, background music. Yeah. Why so can't nobody be nice to you? Mm-hmm. Big tiny behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Anyway, um, when it comes to like science fiction, I think it does have to be rooted in some sort of science, even if it is theoretical. Mm-hmm. So it could be even just uh, theories that are around for today's like flying cars or hoverboards, things like that. Things that is possible to have in the future of some sort. And uh, when I always think like uh, science fiction, I always think space has to be involved for whatever reason, just because I think. Most of the best sci-fi films deal with space and intergalactic travel and time warps and things of that nature. And um, fiction-wise, some extraterrestrial life would always be kind of cool, too, to add in there. Granted, do we know if there's any out there? No. That's why it's fiction for now. Of course it is. So, yeah, I I, I agree. I think there's some out there, but we don't know for sure. It's mathematically impossible that we're the only ones. Yeah, right. So that's kind of like my easy grade for 
sci-fi. What I would deem to be sci-fi. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, I so think you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are wrong, sir. Back, back. How about that? You're wrong. Um, or as Gilbert Godfrey would say, you fool. <laughs> yeah. Where is Gilbert Godfrey these days? He's got a podcast. Which is Shut extremely up. successful and very funny. Talking are, about are you old, serious? Old Hollywood. Yeah, I listen to it every week. I love it. The Gilbert Godfrey um, Colossal Amazing Podcast. It is so funny. Free plug. Uh-huh. Right, like I'm, I'm about to get in on that. Um, so so let's kick into it. Let's get into the our top ten sci-fi films. Let's start with uh, Rachel. Um, okay, so as soon as you said get into it, I got a really happy face. So that's that's why it's all on me. I was like giggity. <laughs> um, so giggity 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 goop. So uh, my parents are kind of old school um, for the most part. And the other day uh, we were all like kind of sitting around trying to do a family movie thing. And we're talking about um, Kong. And I was like, has anybody seen the new Kong Skull Island? Shall we watch that? My dad was like, I don't want to watch that. There's all this crashing and booming. Like he doesn't want to see a whole lot of violence and and a whole whole lot of violence and crazy stuff. Like too much cinematic effect. He's like, nah, turn it off. Um, He wants real things apparently. So he was like, we can put on the old planet of the apes, like the first one. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we go ahead and do that? So that to me, I classify as a sci-fi movie. And, um, it's one of my favorites. It's it's amazing. The original, it has, well, the, the original, of the, age the original Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, bright eyes. Like it's it's revolutionary, right? Like it's an amazing movie with amazing everything from the makeup down to all of the underlying themes and um, just social problems and message, messages and dialogue and conversation uh, is amazing to me. And the fact that they bring all of that real world stuff that was happening then and is still totally current now into um, that world is is just genius to me. So that's definitely on my on my list of favorites. That's a good one, and that's, uh, that's that was one of mine. So the original Planet of the Apes. I, I just put I generalized as just like Planet of the Apes Apes as a franchise. Okay. He realized to Mark Wahlberg one though. Nope. No, I do not. No, you better I, stop your mouth I, with that. I don't you dare. Don't almost you, don't you, put don't. that one on my list. The Mark Wahlberg. I like that one. I. It was the score that got me mm, in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And Michael Clark Duncan's performance. Bow your heads. Well, I know it's not popular, but yeah, people are, aren't popular on on the on the movie. But one of the things that I I have heralded about that that movie i have heard people like shout out about that movie is the score like you said and the and the world building and the makeup Uh, because you gotta remember that's not that's not cg like you have in like the the current planet apes not knocking those movies at all either but that's makeup you know made made up in in the in that movie and michael clark duncan tim roth um, Yo, like you forget you're looking at Tim Roth. I know that movie. you do. Like, that man. that woo. Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Hiriaki, Carrie Hiriaki Tagawa mm-hmm. was a gorilla in that as well. So I liked the the fact that they did not specifically. I mean, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, notwithstanding, they didn't go out and cast all big black dudes to play the gorillas. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. I like yeah. the fact, body shapes, body types, and, and, and um oh oh geez, what's his name? 
he was oh as Paul Giamatti as the orangutan right like all of the apes gave really stellar performances it was the humans that were like guys probably have a scene stop stop doing this please thanks that movie always still hurts my ear because I remember when that movie came out and and, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg was on the promotion you know promoting it around and he went on Howard Stern say it Tell these children because everybody thinks I'm making it up when I tell the story. Tell these children, Len. Tell them. And he was, you know, shouting out the movie and he was shouting out about the makeups and everything. And he was talking about Helen Bottom Carter. And he was like, oh man, you know, she looks so great in that makeup, man. She looked just like Janet Jackson. Oh, oh. Yes. Yeah. I believe they asked him what it was like kissing Helen Bottom Carter in the ape makeup. And he said it wasn't bad. She kind of reminded me of Janet Jackson. Yeah. People like to forget that Marky Mark was racist as AF back in the in the Funky Bunch days and had all types of Boston fueled like racial tension issues. That's why he fell off for years until he came yep. back as an actor. People like to forget that because he did stuff like Four Brothers. Like he yeah, he came back. He was like, "Hey, I hey, like black people hey, again. I'm ah. down. I'm hood ish. Let's go. Like, nah, nah, fam, nah. Have a seat." You and your crusty behind wall burgers. Yeah, it, it sounded like that's the first time you heard that story. That's Rachel. totally the first time I heard that story, really? and it's the first time that I've like. Granted, I haven't done a whole lot of research into Mark Wahlberg as a human being, just because I never felt the need. Sure. But even to know that stuff from back in the day and the Boston fueled just rage in general, which mm-hmm. also translated racially, is uh, disappointing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I, I'm gonna go. I was gonna. He go was to, never invited to the cookout. That's why he was mad in the first place. <laughs> I was gonna go to Jay next, but only because you kind of touched on this, uh, Rachel, when you were talking about how you started to show your father Cole's, uh, Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which is an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love that film. And that movie is that word. It is uh, that word. It just came out on a uh, Blu-ray. But I, one of the films on my list is the original King Kong. From the 30s. And the reason why I, I put that on... Is on those that lists, a fantasy movie, though? I don't think that's a fantasy no. movie. No. I, I would call that more adventure. It was an adventure film, but it was definitely about scientists going there trying to capture this thing and, like, bring it back. Mm. I mean, I mean, I, I see where there, there could be a blending of that. Like, it maybe falls in the line of wherever... Like you said, maybe adventure, like where like the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies might right. play in because they're not science. I wouldn't call them science fiction, but well, although someone could argue with archaeology, yeah, archaeology being is a science. a science. Maybe if if not Raiders of the Lost Ark, definitely temples of Temple of Doom. Okay, be- well, because well, of well, but either way, all the translation that had to go down. But, but anyway, I, go ahead. Sorry, I still put I Nerd. King, King Kong is on is on my list, and it's because King Kong. One, it's a movie from the 30s that you can watch now and you can still just really get lost in the lost in the special effects of that movie. Like it like yes, it's kind of like a little stop motion-y a little bit now, but it's still just amazing that they were able to create this very realistic ape in the 30s in this film. It's still very much a film that um, it still entertains, it still moves, it's still, uh, it's smartly not too long, uh, still a very compelling story, and it's a story that keeps getting retold time and time again, and I'm not just talking about King Kong himself, I'm talking about the whole, um, 
a man intruding a land and taking something from it and then will be uh, will unto them what they have what they have done you forgot a modifier there i did intentionally correct me white okay there you go um (laughs) i wasn't a correction it was a modification i just wanted to make sure we were being specific and then you then you just have you have where this movie is like it's the first (laughs) of the giant monster movies like all 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 giant monster movies even the heralded godzilla all roads lead back to king kong so that's why king kong is to me like one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time now I'll go to Jay. Unless you Godzilla have. was on my list. I mean, he is, he is the result of of science. Okay. You know, uh, I'm going to. I punch you in the face. I'm going to pin, swear, pin you down. I'm going to pin you down to choose a Godzilla film. Ooh, really? One. Um, if we want to go heavy with it, um, I can either do the versus Mecca or I could do. Let's go with Shin Godzilla. I knew that's where you. That's my boo. That's my boo. That's my new. That's my new boo. Like that's where you was going. Shin Godzilla is my new boo, and that's especially the ending lets you know how much science is involved with Godzilla as a being. Yeah. Now, now Shin Godzilla here in America didn't get as big of a of a release. Yeah. So tell people exactly what's about that and the difference between that. And all all that. I mean, at this point, we, I could pretty much give away that little ending thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was directed by the guy who uh, who did uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and it totally is just that anime series with a with Godzilla in it. Um, and you know, the military, everybody is like trying to take out this this creation, this anomaly, this thing that's attacking and just tearing through Tokyo. Like I've never seen Godzilla tear up Tokyo before, like this. But then at the end, they figure out ways to freeze it, at least hold it, like in 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 a, like a frozen state. And then they notice that the tail is like it evolves. It shows throughout the movie Godzilla evolves from this like little tad, this giant, not little, but this giant tadpole type creature to the Godzilla that you know. And it goes through different stages based on uh, absorbing uh, radiation. Radiation, yeah. And then at the very end, they, the camera pans onto like, the body and then goes out to the tail, and you notice that the tail is actually made up of beings. Like, Godzilla is made of, like, and the theory is that Godzilla is actually made up of the bodies of all the Japanese men that died during the bombings. Jeez. And, like, you could see, like, the arms, like, at the tip of the tail, you see, like, hands and legs and people, like, reaching out, like, screaming. Like, so his whole body is, like, literally formed of, bodies. like, yeah. of hu- of humans. Like, yeah. so he's, yeah. he's, yo, I was just like, yo, that's so dope. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, because that was always, like, the, the tail or the the underlying theme of the original Godzilla, you know, yeah. And, and so for like them, he it, usually it was a uh, like a mythical being that was like well some said awoken from atomic waste and stuff right like and that, and right. was against the pollution of the earth and yeah. was a protector of the earth and and, just, and not for the humans but for the earth itself right and for them to really illustrate it that way. In Shin Godzilla, just that's what put it on like a whole nother. Yeah, level. at that end, I was like, "What?" Because like you saw it shedding stuff, and then at the end, the tip of the tail is like literally looks like 
it looks similar to the uh, the statue of the American soldiers holding yep. the flag. Like they're all climbing. It looks like they're climbing up together in unison, like trying to. But it, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's a, it, it's a really good movie. It's a real. It's you know. It's a little slow. A little slow. But it's but once it, it kicks off, it, it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. That's a very. That's a very good one, Jay. Uh, what you got, E, on your list of the top ten sci-fi movies as we break it down here on top ten summer on Black Tribbles Prime on WPPMLP one hundred six point five FM in Philly and Camden. Uh, uh, uh. I'm going to go with a film that I just saw recently. I think I talked to you about this, uh, like probably early this year. So within like the last like six seven months, I saw this film for the first time, uh, The Abyss. Oh yeah, for Ooh. the first time. Yes, bro. Yeah, welcome. The Glad Abyss you could join us. Was it was good, and Ed what? Harris's performance where he beat his wife back to life, like oh my god, like I I've rewound it and watched that like twice. It was so good. So yeah, yeah The Abyss. Um, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, you abyss. haven't seen it? You don't, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's just a weird statement. <laughs> no, it, it was it was powerful. It was like, this is really was. powerful. It was. Right. No, I know what you're saying. Just, you know, phrasing. Just phrasing, 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 bro. <laughs> phrasing. I mean, I said back to life. Okay. It's a good thing. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just good stuff. That whole liquid oxygen bit when they were, because, you know, you can't, the oxygen is, like you can't compress it, but so much for it to reach a certain depth and still be breathable, um, and then allow the suit to still reach the depth that it needs to get to. Um, something about how it gets into your blood, like you literally just can't process it at that depth. Yeah. So the fact that they were, you know, f- essentially feeding these people liquid oxygen, and you know they they said get over the first initial you know gag reflex because it's natural, but you know we all breathed it for nine months, so it's just kind of like. You've done this before. You just have to remember yeah, how to do re- it. And I was just like, what? Like, that blew my mind. That yeah. that was the one part of that movie that, that stuck out more than anything else. Because it's like, yeah, of course. That, they're diving that deep. Of course, oxygen can. This, I mean, their blood would boil. The nitrogen, please. So I really appreciate This first time. Yeah. I am. St- I mean, can you think about, like, nobody's going back to check for the abyss. And then, like, once you see the sphere, you'd be like, what's the difference? It's but, very so you a huge to, difference. So, well, it is, but you don't know it until you, you see don't know, the second You don't know one. it until you see it. it exactly. If you see the sphere, you see the abyss, you're like, it, like, if you see the sphere first, and then you see, like, abyss, you're like, ah. You see, like, the trailer for abyss, you're going right, right, you'd be right. like, what's the difference? Yeah. I mean, I didn't but see. But once you watch them, yeah. I didn't see the abyss when it came out, mm-hmm. obviously, but it, I was an adult like you are when I saw it for the first time. But that was still some years back. I think I had probably seen it when I was young, but it wasn't really paying attention to it. So you go, you go back and watch movies again as you are sentient and stuff. I mean, think about it. Like, as big as James Cameron is, this, is sti- this movie is still very much a cult classic. You know what I mean? It wasn't How? like a because it, it wasn't. That was right when when Laserdisc came out too. So stuff was looking all crisp with the CG and stuff. All that stuff was popping back there. People was like, "Yo, the abyss, though." Yeah, but it, it was like uh, like you said, it's like it, it came out around that same time. And would two things compete? It, they you know offset. Yeah, you should be like one or the other. You'd be like, yeah, you know. That, Wait, that's what happened. What came out at the same time? I think Sphere. No, Sphere came out in the nineties. No, there was something that came out around the same time as the abyss that was similar, that kind of like took the, 
the sting out of it. I I can't remember, but I, I there was yeah, and it was something that was I think water based. Yeah, that yeah, was there was something else. The there time. was something else that because especially in the eighties and then especially in the eighties when a movie was a good idea. Everybody had the same idea. Yeah, and then you would get like four movies that were the same type of movie and you just had to choose one or the other. Yeah, because what would happen is that the movie companies would hear about it in the pipeline and then they'd rush to get theirs to be coming mm-hmm. out around the same time. And I think that happened to the, at the time of The Abyss. And at that time, James Cameron, he was James Cameron, but he wasn't James Cameron. You know what I mean? So, But it, it it's a phenomenal film. That's a good, and that's a movie that uh, holds up. As old oh as yeah, Rand, R- Randy just dropped the line, and uh, it was Leviathan. Yeah, uh, yeah which was terrible with Peter Weller. Exactly. Oh my god, that movie was so bad. But it was, but it was a. Oh god, time. it was bad. Like so, I, if you, so if you see oh, Leviathan, <laughs> I was insulted by how bad. I was like, what is this? Ah, and if you see that, then you're like, I ain't gonna go see another. I ain't going back down there. That's a, right. So I, that so imagine <laughs> I'm so, not going back in there. So imagine. Having both the movies come out at the same time, and you went and saw Leviathan. Oh God! If you saw the trailer for for Abyss, you'd be like, "Nope, nope, nope not going to do it." You got me once. <laughs> you got me once. You ain't gonna I was, get me again. I, I didn't see Leviathan until fairly recently. I was on a Peter Weller kick. I said, "Oh, because he had just popped up on Sons of Anarchy." Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, boy, let me see what what else Peter Pete Wells got in the Digging stacks." He's got a few. He's got a few winners, but he ain't got a lot of Shall, them. Yeah. Let me tell you, I was all ready for Leviathan. I'm like, "Oh, this like Lebis, but with a with a with a monster." Nah, I was unhappy. That was very disappointing. <laughs> All right, uh, Kay, what, this is one off your list. Um, I am going to say Sphere. I'm going to say Sphere. Um, a much better book than it was a film. But I, I liked it because it dealt with very strong psych- psychological thriller themes. Um, but it had my favorite elements. Ship, captain, crew, mission. Right? Mm-hmm. Except in this case, it wasn't in space. Right. It was underwater. Um, and having read the book before the movie, I was able to fill in some gaps that the movie had. So I might have a little bit of a, uh, leg up as it were. Um, giggity, but I liked the, I liked the fact that both Queen Latifah and Samuel L. Jackson were in that movie. Um, so there was blackness. We out cheer. Um, I liked the fact that, um, you know, it was a very balanced crew. You know what I mean? There was there was more than one woman on in the crew. There was uh, an interesting dynamic between the officers because you had Dustin Hoffman's character who was the scientist from the outside. Like, he wasn't trained with the rest of them. He just had this theory. Um, and anything that Dustin Hoffman does, um, I'm, you know, going to be pleased with because he's just such a phenomenal, well-rounded actor. Um that he never ceases to disappoint, but I, I liked Sphere because it it left me with left me feeling uneasy, you know. Even when they got back to the surface and everything was cool, it was still like, a, oh, this mm, this makes me, and that was intentional. The story was like that. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be this, you know, relict, uh, you know, you hear artifacts of of ancient contact from otherworldly beings, and did we all see this? Did we all subject to? nitrous oxide poisoning because we've been at this depth for too long or you know is it is it a thing of group psychosis or did this actually happen and did it happen the way we all think it happened or was it something completely different you know so i 
I really appreciated that. Anything Michael Crichton does um, always does a really good job of being very well rooted in science um, so that you can take all of these crazy leaps with the imagination on top of it. Yeah, very true. Very true. I like Michael Crichton. Isaiah, did you put together our list? I don't know if you put it. He do, but ain't got nothing after two, before 2000 on it. Wow. He's like Independence Day. Just chopping at my man's. <laughs> um, I am legend. Um, uh, 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 did you even see iRobot signs? He's like AI. Um, uh, robots. Like, Astro Boy. Aliens. Astro Boy. <laughs> Alien 4 Resurrection. You see no Astro Boy. You never Astro Have Boy? you ever seen Astro Boy? Yes. The it new one? I'm just so mad. Yeah, She's so right. <laughs> You better right. So uh I'm done. <laughs> oh, we gotta get you up well, in your we, sci-fi, we, young scrap. Yeah. It's all right, we'll learn you. We'll learn you. We're back around to Rachel. Uh all right. Well, since we're talking about newer ones, I will um I will talk about Ex Machina, which I actually saw recently. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. And that movie had me riveted. Like, I remember being, like, on a cleanse-type thing at the time, and I needed some fruit in the middle of the movie. And I paused the movie, ran to get the fruit. I was like, oranges, blueberries, pomegranates, ran back to the room. Like, play. Like, wasn't about to move for pea breaks or anything. Um, I just liked... To me, that was like a... It was Westworldy in a sense. It was... It was weird. It had you qu- the whole time you were questioning and you were on the edge of your seat because you wanted to know if um, that robot had like a real conscious, um, if, if she was real. And the way that that was done, I thought I thought it was so good. I thought the um, the CGI and all of that stuff was great. The actors weren't actors that I had ever seen before. I didn't know them from anything, and they also had me like just stuck to my chair. Um, so I like that sort of idea of, okay, well, we're going to work on artificial intelligence and we're going to keep going and we're going to keep going and we're going to keep going. Okay, well, at what point do you actually reach the formula where you've created something that's not artificial anymore and is right. its own thing? And I think we're like sort of dabbling with all of that stuff and have been for quite some time now. And it's a lot more um, present and interesting and dangerous possibly than yeah. you know the everyday person likes to think as they're walking down stuck to all of their devices right um walking down the street and i think it's important to be like okay well at what point do uh, does all of this stuff that we're building um have the ability to maybe take over and sort of go on auto drive if it wants and if you've given it a whole lot of power you sort of become obsolete. And that was also, that theme is in a lot of sort of things and iRobot and everything else. And the machine's like, you know what? You human beings, darlings. Like, literally almost every science fiction movie ever starts about don't give the machines too much sentience. Right. Every, like, every major sci-fi film is like, don't do it because they will rise up and then we're screwed. And here we are creating almost sentient Exactly. Cybernetic beings. So that, anyway. yeah, that movie definitely had me. I, I was that. That's a movie that I've seen in the past. I don't know, five years. That was a recent movie, like 2015 movie. That I don't think I've been that stuck to the TV in quite some time. Yeah, and that's a movie that does it creates that world so quickly that you are quickly immersed in that world and you just buy it. You just go along with the ride. You forget about the. You forget that you're watching 
uh, CG all the time. Exactly. Like, the, like the actress Alicia Vikander basically is a CG character in, for throughout the whole movie, but you forget about it. Exactly. You know, because it's so well integrated in the film. And Oscar Isaac is unre- that man can act. He's like- unrecognizable in mm. the in in the role of the guy that creates her. Right. right? I recognized him. I know who it is. It's Poe Dameron. I know he's supposed to, but I didn't. But if you put a picture of both of them together, you'd be like, those are two different actors. I'd ser- Seriously. And it was General Hux. Yeah. Like, I just saw both of you guys. And I thought, like you said, I think it did a really good job of sort of bringing you into that world. So even the setting of it, that, you know, the guy comes to his house and he's like, just hang out here and I want you to, you know, see what you think about some things. And he's just like a well-off dude with a big, beautiful house. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, it gets real weird real quick. Yeah. And that was all done extremely well to me. So. And, and, and especially when you've, you look back on it and realize that the movie is set in the house. Right. The, like the, the whole movie, the whole movie takes place in the house. So wait, is this the one where I think I told you about the it. The dude tries to liberate this girl after he realizes that she's a thing, but the, the house actually locks down. He has to figure out a way to get out of yeah. it. Yeah. I did not see this from the beginning, but I saw I jumped in halfway in the middle, not knowing what it was, and then got distracted because other things jumped off halfway in the middle. Definitely go back and watch it because that setup I think is what gets you hooked and you're like, okay, well this is interesting. And then as like five minutes by five minutes keeps going on, you're like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, no, I was. I, watch it from the beginning because like you'll see the turn. Oh, I gotta change something else on my list. Sorry. Uh, oh, 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 and it's oh. and and at heart, it's just a, a good, it's a good mystery. Yeah, it's a it's a suspenseful film. It's that's a very good one. Good one, Rachel. Thank you. You bring good stuff to the show. I like you. Okay. Ugh. And then Ugh. there's Jay. What you got, Jeff? Damn. Damn. <laughs> All the shade. Right? Like it literally just got dark. It got dark in the other studio. Like he literally that's how powerful it was. Like <laughs> took out the it just absorbed light. <laughs> um I'm I mean, you know, I'm gonna say Matrix. That's that's like that's not that's yeah, not there's some movies I left off my list just because I know where they're gonna be. Yeah. Like come on. Do I have to really get into it? I mean, like, choose one. Ooh, the first one. I mean, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You got to. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, I mean, if you wanted to just go on the visuals, I would say probably the third one only because they actually show more of the war and you see like Zion's technology. They actually like go into that where you see like they have like those virtual screens mm-hmm. where for the loading docks and all that stuff and you see the mech and all that. Right. But um when they when it talks about like and in the third one they talk a lot about the actual science when they meet the architect, like in the structure, the construct mm-hmm. of the matrix. But I mean just the first one's a better film. So let's just, let's just Yeah. And it was revolutionary. Like, yeah. The, like the, the after that, time cameras like it, it invented all of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. there was so many uh I wish they had just trademarked that. Because they're real salty. Because then everybody's. Everybody. Yes. Yo, I remember I was watching a Best Buy commercial and like the mom was like, I just bought a remote. Kids, where's the remote? And they start fighting over it and then like somebody spilled popcorn and it was just like. <laughs> I was like, why? Why is that a thing? Like, why Why are we bullet timing popcorn? Who knows? They may have bullet. They may have trademarked it. They may be. No, that was the biggest thing. They, they actually just was like, oh, this is going to be a cool camera trick. Oh, yeah. That's true. And then like. It blew up, and then people were using it, and they were like, "Yeah, we should have, we should have copyright that." Yeah, that should have been ours. You know, the other thing about the first Matrix—I mean, ultimately, it's not this—but uh, to me, watching the first Matrix, 
I felt like, wow, this is a really good, and I don't know why I went there, a really good Superman movie. And I think I think it's more just the way that he was coming off because he was like you know it was kind of alien and he was yeah. alien to the right. the world and then some of the scenes world. of especially when he flies off at the end like I was like that's a good way to start off the uh, end Superman. the end of Superman movie like, like he was Superman just like running like all the time and hopping everywhere then at the end he finds out, figures out how to fly he has his cape because he had the trench coat that looked like, like a, a cape, cape and yeah. it started flapping when he flew yeah I, I felt like that when I watched that and when I watched the opening of Blade. I felt wow. I wish this was a Batman movie. Like that's how the bad. first one, like in the club, first, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, that, that's how I felt about Blade, too. So like, uh, yeah, the Matrix was, that, and that's still probably. <laughs> and I like the Matrix I, series. Don't get me wrong. I love the all everything Matrix. I, um, I like the Matrix series, but I still think like the only thing Matrix that I rewatch is the first one and the Animatrix. Yeah, I don't, I don't the, like the second and third. The second one's not bad. I, I like the second. The one. third one is. Thir- I, I like the fights in the second and third one. Yes, because I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan anyway. So like that, yeah. that's what they gave me, especially in the third one. I was like, oh man, this is how you're supposed to make a Dragon Ball live action, people. Mm. See, I I like mm. the first one, but I feel like I can't watch the first one without watching the other two. Like there's, you gotta finish it. I have to, you know, uh, like, and I think that's the only series where I feel the need to like. Once I sit down and pop one in, like I gotta watch the others. No, it it is. No, I Alien. do that. I, I don't feel compelled to watch all of them really? if I watch the first Alien. Okay. I mean, I, if I've got time, of course. But with the Matrix, I, I like, I literally have to peel myself away from it so I don't pop the other one in. Now that being said, um, the third one is a chore for me. Really? It's See, a, I like all three of them. It's a it's a chore. That that fight at the end where it's just nothing but a video game. Like I yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's what turns me off about that one. That that last fight is like and it's so Literally. long, so long. Like I I, guess I you guys don't watch Dragon Ball then. Like, no, <laughs> they no. go for a long fight. Yo yo, five no. minutes in Dragon Ball world and is nine episodes. Five minutes of fighting Mm-mm. is nine episodes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I ain't got time for that. Uh, let's go. Let's go to Matt because we're going to be, uh, be running up on the break soon. All right. Um, who I'm going to go with next? I could go save because uh, you already gave up my um, my sphere, and I definitely had the Matrix on my list. Um, I'm going to go classic. I'm going to go back to Back to the Future. Like somehow nice. this always ends up on my list in one way or another. Nice. So yeah, like uh, my first, I guess, delve into time travel, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing how things can drastically change in thirty years. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. It holds up. It cracks me up. I love it to death. And I'm just if I have to pick one, the first one I'll say. But yeah, man, Back to the Future, definitely all day. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Score. I'll watch it every time it's on. A- Alan Silvestri, man. Shout out. Can't touch it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not like a bad thing about the movie. Like you said, the score, the acting, the story, the the even, even the science part of you is like, uh, Lux capacitor. Lux capacitor, yeah. 88 miles per hour seems feasible. I would say that that would be <laughs> a, a perfect time. rate to combust sure. some nuclear nuclear materials. So, of course, of course. Then you think about it, you look at it, you're like, I do that on the highway. Like, what? no, <laughs> I should be traveling through time. Yeah, but you're not, but you're you not, don't you don't have a capacitor. Flux, or, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. Or DeLorean. Or, That's true. The DeLoreans conduct enough heat for it to 
to do that. And, and terrorists. My, well, you don't need Libyan, Libyan terrorists. Yes, yes. To be specific. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have to. Yeah, don't come with your Somalis. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got to be Libyan. <laughs> All the ingredients must be just right. Can I say this last one before we, we no, call yeah, our guests? Predestination. Have y'all seen this movie? Mm-mm. I have it. I still haven't seen it. I, I have it. You, you I have not watched it though. I have it and didn't so watch it. So the first time I saw this movie, I was with a person that I was seeing at the time, and both of us were so wrapped up in this movie that we forgot what we came there to do. Like we were both like, wait. But like at the end of the movie, I literally did a lap around the room and was just like, how? But if he then sh- who? But when? Like, it was a... Oh, my God. I can't even, like, tell you the movie without spoiling it. Like, you need to see it without anyone telling you about it. Because any venture into me trying to explain it to you will ruin it. Just just know that the concept of predestination, of, of having a fate or a course of action or a series of course of actions over the course of one's life... Um, and then one having being obligated uh, almost against their will to fulfill all of those, you know, interactions or happenstances or events or whatever, like seems outlandish. Right. It doesn't seem like a lot of people can argue or debate the presence of fate or that, you know, something can be predetermined in any given time. But this movie in particular is just like, oh, Oh my God! Predestination. Well, you you told me about it, and I was like, "All right." So I copped it. I just haven't had time to. Let me watch tell it you. Yet, but make sure that you have whatever it is that you're snacking on, drinking, whatever. Just all there. Have it all there. Don't get up because if you get up to pee, you're going to start to analyze what you just saw, and it's going to trip you up. Like you have to just kind of watch it and let the story unfold in front of you. So then afterwards, as your brain matter is seeping out of your eardrums because your mind has been blown, you can try and put it back together and figure it out. I'm telling you, if you have to bring a cup or a porta potty next to you, no, to I like, just went it's to all bed. worth it. I'm just went to bed. Oh, I just I'm a oh, professional. I was going to watch Ex Machina again tonight because I was like, oh, I love that movie and I should go watch it. But maybe I'll watch that and you go watch Ex Machina. I'm telling you, predestination should have won all of the awards. All of them. Just oh, oh. <laughs> Okay. Um I have to I, I know you I remember you rallying for that movie, so I definitely have to check that oh. out. Mm. Oh. Uh, we're going to be taking a break uh, in a in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and have M. Osley Dukan on the air to give us her top ten list, and it's also talk about her uh, fantastic sci-fi web series that she's um, planning. Um, but before we do, I'm going to give one more movie from my list, and this is my definition. Like I said, this is it's at heart, it's an action film. It just has science fiction trappings all over it, but it's it's an action film. It's and but it's one hell of an action film. What is it? Dread. I thought you were gonna say. Oh the yes. Let me find out. Dread made your list. I forgot all about Dread. That movie was that so was out work. of pocket. Dread was good. That was like the raid. Exactly. Like with guns, with yes. like more guns, and it's just, just nonstop action. It's a simple story. I got to get to the top of this this apartment complex. And it's just bawling. Guns, fights, everything. It's set in the future, so it's got your super, your mm-hmm, science fiction mm-hmm. in there. Um, and it's based on a, a 
classic British comic book series. Uh, Oof, that was a good one, Lynn. Good it, one. It, and it's just it's just balls out action. Dread. Uh, criminally, there is not a sequel, but there's a part of me that now so many years have passed. I think that was like 2012, 2013, something like that. Like yeah. it's like. Like I don't want to see a sequel now. I'm I'm happy with just that one little nugget of goodness that put the bed the Sylvester Stallone crap from the '80s. Uh, Try, not Try not to be bitter. Try not to be. Don't be mad at his Giorgio Armani suits. That was a bad no. That wasn't Armani. That was um, Jean Paul Gaultier did their costumes. It was a bad movie. That's Which one was was one was it was Sliced alone and, 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 and Armand DeSante. What's, what's the matter? He got your Pauly, Sh- not Pauly Shore. Um, it was, um, what's his um, name? Um, Rob, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Rob Schneider. What's, 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 what's not to love? Rob Schneider. Uh, your girl Ashley Judd was in it. Don't you love her? I don't love Ashley Judd. <laughs> wow. I don't have anything against her. Like, certainly no, I don't like her. Certainly something I don't like the cut that. of her jib. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to take a uh, make a cut right now, take a break, and we will be back, ladies and gentlemen, with more Black Trolls Prime here on WPPMLP, Philadelphia. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, to this song that's not playing. Why is this happening? Oh, we'll just, we'll just, oh, one we'll reason or the other. That is so annoying. Wow. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're still live. Huh? Well, we're still. I live. can rap. We're still live. You can rap. Yeah, you want me to rap? I, I'll rap. Go ahead, rap. Do, do I get a beat, or are you still going to no, try to get no. that worked out? No, get, he, oh. he can't even get the song playing. You want a beat? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't rap raw, you know, just unaccompanied. No, well, where, where, where? Yeah, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't do the freestyle. Hold on, stuff. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I realized what the problem. Is. Are, are you sure? Because I was just about to bust. Uh, he was, was going to let it flow. Turn my headphones up. I was going to be like, oh. I'm in the building. Well, my name is Mac. My game ain't whack. If you haven't guessed, your eyes be black. I'm trouble with the eyes be black. Leads with Preach right here on Black Troubles Prime. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with our Top 10 Summer, giving you the Top 10 Black Sci-Fi Movies of All Time, as we feel it should be. And we have our very special guest on the line right now. Uh, Osley, can you hear me? I sure can. Hey, what's up? Hello! How you doing? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Is M. Osley Dukan, ladies and gentlemen, noted, famed, heralded, acclaimed filmmaker here (laughs) in Philadelphia, yes, and a huge science fiction fan, if I understand correctly. If you didn't believe so, you will know so, because this fabulous producer, director, and writer is putting together her own speculative fiction web series, Resistance. The Battle of Philadelphia. Indeed. <laughs> Osley, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, you know. Working on films could not make me happier. Now, now, 
where did your love of science fiction begin? Well, let's see. Um, I, I guess my origin story is goes back to like when I was 10 years old and my aunt took me and a cousin to the movies and she that night she gave me the, the option. Um, she gave me the choice of which film to see. Mm-hmm. And I remember being really excited about it and slightly bittersweet um, because I didn't really, you know, see myself in, in either movie. But uh, yeah, that's like one of my earliest memories about uh, of me understanding that I love the genre. And the two movies were uh, Return of the Jedi and Superman 3. Which movie did you choose? Return of the Jedi, of course. Ah, when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could have been because that could have easily went left because Superman three's got Richard Pryor in it. So it's got Richard Pryor, but I guess I was too young to understand that. You know, you go see Richard Pryor, um, but I was more caught up. You know, I had seen the first film, so I was like, I guess caught up in that world and was familiar with it. So I went with that one. Well done, well done, Osley. <laughs> well done. And now, Lo, and many years later, you're a documentarian, you're a noted filmmaker, and now you've got a, a web series, Resistance, The Battle of Philadelphia, that you're putting together. Um, are you trying to tell us yeah. something about Philadelphia that we got to be fighting it out? Like, what, what, what's what's the deal? See, no, I, I find Philadelphia fascinating and, and really interesting historically. Because you're um, not a native Philadelphian, right? I am not. I'm from New York. Uh, I'm not going to tell you I'm not a native New Yorker either, but we'll, we'll keep it at that. Uh, <laughs> but I live in New York. I lived, worked, and went to school in New York for 20 years, so I consider myself a New Yorker. Um, but I've been in Philly for about three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just fascinated by the city and its history. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to start, t- I wanted to tell a story that was, uh, that felt like Philly. Um, and I primarily work in the speculative fiction genre, so I wanted to tell a futuristic story about Philly. And, um, of course, always on my mind, like a lot of people, are the, the problems of society and, and specifically, you know, issues that African-American black people have to face in this country. So, yeah, so I, for three years I've been trying to think of, like, what kind of story could I tell um, about black folk and and police brutality, and make it futuristic. Um, so I've been throwing around a lot of different ideas, and it wasn't until last year I received a um, an award from a, a local arts organization, uh, a local organization here in Philadelphia, Leeway Foundation. I received the Transformation Award, and it was, I was like, you know what? I have a little bit of money now. Why don't I reach out to some of the people that I've met along my travels with other projects? and work with them to tell who, people who are into speculative fiction, uh, black artists, queer artists, and, and, and reach out to them and, and try to make a project together about a, a futuristic, a near future uh, Philadelphia and, and black people resisting uh, police brutality. So who did you reach uh, yeah, out that's to? Where that so who did you reach out well, to? Who you brought in, brought in on the project? I, I, the first person I brought in was... Um, with Alex Smith, maybe you know him. Maybe well you done. Know, I don't know. Yeah, he's a West Philadelphia resident. Uh, he's uh, part of Metro Clarity, and I've also interviewed him for my uh, forthcoming documentary, Invisible Universe. Um, so I, yeah, I, I brought him in, 
and uh, we talked about, you know, some of the ideas I had for the structure of the story. And um, we worked out some characters, we worked out some scenarios, and the main event that happens. And, uh, yeah, I, I basically hired him to, to write the script. Um, so, like, I, you know, I had the framework, and he, I gave him kind of uh, the free space to kind of uh, make up the, the, the story. So it came out really well. I'm, I'm really excited about the story. And it's not just um, a, a telling of people battling police in the future. It's actually we tried to make it as intricate and um, dramatic and nuanced as possible. So, it's, you know, it's about people's relationships with each other as well as them trying to overcome this issue in the, in the future. Where So you said you worked out kind of like the bones of the story with Alex and Alex, who is a, an acclaimed and award-winning writer of, uh, in his own right, here mm-hmm. in Philadelphia with Metro Polarity and and everything that he does. That whole squad is like a fantastic. Shout out to each and every mm-hmm. one of them. Indeed. Um, it, what what basically makes up the bones? What's the thirty-second elevator pitch for uh, Resistance: The Battle of Philadelphia? Okay, so I'm trying to uh, not tell as much of the story before it comes out, uh, strategically. Fair enough, uh, fair enough. Basically, basically, there is an incident of police brutality in the future, and some um, local residents come together to kind of deal with the situation. How far in, in the future, how far in the future not, are we talking? We're, talking? we're talking dealing with the situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then the ramifications of that, and then also you know the the history of Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia is pretty deep as far as like um, uh, black activism. You know, obviously there's Move and the Move organization, but the Black Panthers were here, mm-hmm. and Ram organization, Revolutionary Action Movement, and Queen Mother Moore and stuff like that. So I've been trying to not say that these people are in the story, but there's a story that kind of runs parallel. The story we're telling runs parallel and kind of acknowledges this history um, as far as the, uh, as far as this near future story goes. Was the idea to always make this a web series or was it uh, were you first thinking of a feature film and it kind of like grew into a series? It, no, it's, no, it's actually, you know, I told you I had a, a bunch of ideas, all these right. different ideas. I, I probably wrote about three four little scripts, little outlines, like heavy outlines of, of stories that I wanted to tell. So it was kind of like they all, I, so it, it was originally to be a short film. Okay. Um, but then I kept thinking of little stories. And then I was like, you know, I have all these little stories. Why don't I try, you know, I've never made a web series. And I know this is a, 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 a new terrain for, for filmmakers. Uh, so I wanted, to, I wanted to explore this structure, mm-hmm. this form, um, as a filmmaker, because I've made, I've made several short films, I've done music videos, and obviously I'm working on documentaries, feature-length ones, um, but I had never done a web series, never even thought about it, but I thought that it would allow the space to kind of tell a fuller story than a short film would do, because it, one of the other things is I, uh, moving a little bit away from my traditional structure of, uh, of having a, a prota- one protagonist be the hero of the film, I'm really trying to make within the story, a collective kind of protagonist where we meet and we get a little bit of the background story of several characters mm-hmm. uh, in the film. So it's like a, a collective, um, not more than an ensemble, because, it's, because they all have to kind of come together to tell this story. It's not just like people popping in and out. Right. Um, 
and I had never done that before. You know, we're, we're kind of trained or in film school, we're kind of trained to have a single protagonist. So I wanted to try something different with that. And, um, and then on the outside of it, I'm, uh, as I've already kind of implied, I want to work with local artists. Um, I'm, I'm living in West Philadelphia uh, uh, currently, so I wanted to work with people, and the story takes place in West Philadelphia. So I wanted to work with artists that I've met, not all West Philadelphia, but primarily West Philadelphia artists, right. to kind of tell the story. Because, you know, I'm coming from New York. I'm coming um, from, you know, I'm still learning about Philadelphia. And so I wanted to have people involved that could bring authenticity to, to the entire process. Now, you are going to... You, you, please tell us, Osley, that you're not going to be like a, a lot of directors who set a movie in a city such as Philadelphia, but then they bus everybody up to Toronto and say that that's Philadelphia <laughs> when they're filming. Please tell us that you are going to be filming no, with right here in the city of Brotherly Love. and... Baltimore 47th and shooting, basically. That's what's happening. No, no, no. My whole intention with the film is to, bring, to make it a Philadelphia story, so to speak, right? Um, so my intention is to bring in people who can tell this story. Make it, I mean, I, you know, I, wanna, I wanted to go as deep as the, the way people speak, right? Like, I want right. to, that's why, you know, I brought in Alex. And he has more experience with, the, the, for instance, the way folks, the slang of Philadelphia, yeah. which I'm, Familiar with, but not familiar with, you know. So, right. like, I'm trying to bring authenticity to it in the cr- in the crew and the talent and the, and the other artists um, who kind of, you know, circulate around it. And also, you know, talking to talking to activists if I can um, to kind of get their take on the history and the idea of the story that we're we're trying to say comes out of this history. <laughs> Well, that's no, cool. there's no Toronto. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. Well, it sounds really cool. And when do you, uh, when do um, you go? You know, everything goes before the camp. When you're playing, uh, we, in the, well, okay. So last last summer, I um, I hadn't shot a narrative film in a long time, and I had been thinking about the story a lot. So I took the ground, the the bare bones of the story, uh, a character that I knew wanted, I wanted to be in it, who. Um, the, a hacker character, and then um, I, I took a scenario and I kind of uh, made a short script and, and went out in the summer last August and shot it. Um, so, sh- and then the, the result is a five-minute, what I'm calling a prologue episode to the series. So the series will be six episodes, and each episode will kind of correspond to the, the amount of characters in there to be able to tell tell their stories individually within the stories, and then like a cap on the front and back, um, a book ending of the other episodes. All right, cool. So, um, yeah. Do you see this as a standalone arc or do you see resistance branching into additional cities as well? So that other, I do. I, yeah, actually, actually I do because as I started, I mean, you know, I'm doing like preliminary research about the history. So West Philadelphia has a different history or not the same history as North Philadelphia, for instance. Mm -hmm. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's a web series, possibly if this, this first one goes really well, that we can move into North Philadelphia. So what we did was we actually wrote a way into that, into this, into this first series of six episodes. Um, so yeah, I do imagine that it could expand and, and keep going. Um, you know, it's all dependent on budget. <laughs> I, I like the fact that you decided to expand 
even in in, the- in theory, uh, to other parts of the city. I, I thought mm-hmm. maybe like a resistance Baltimore or a resistance Chicago yeah. or, or, you know, just some type of, of uh, geographical, uh, you know, serial based. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hey, it's lit. That's what I do. It's a great idea, but they don't know resistance like Philly knows resistance. Yeah, we 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 know Philly a thing or two. Resistance. We know a thing or two about staging revolutions out this mug. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of what we do here. Um, That's right. Get, get some filmmakers out there telling telling their own stories. Telling yeah, what they want yeah, to look yeah, like. Sounds yeah. amazing. They're all speculative fiction too. That would be great. <laughs> it would be neat. Exactly. All right. So we're talking about the it's the top ten summer here on Black Tribbles Prime, ladies and gentlemen, and that means that tonight's top ten is the top ten sci-fi movies. And M. Osley Dukan, who me and Kennedy were trying to remember, uh, I believe you have already taken the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. Is that right? I have. Yes, I have. But we couldn't remember what your Tribble designation was. Ah, and and actually, it's going to play into one of my choices. It's Ganja Tribble. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Yes, yes, quite. So let us hear your top ten sci-fi movies, M. Osley Dukon. Okay, well, I heard a little bit of the show before uh, I got on here, and I know y'all went deep with it. And I just wrote my list, so it's going to be a little bit truncated on the in the wise, but um, it's a little mixed up. And then I'll save the best, my favorite, for last. Nice. So. The first nine and not in any particular order. Um, Alien. Oh. Ridley Scott. The first one? Uh, the first one. Nice. It's uh, one of my favorite films of all time. Um, of course. Yeah. Just like the, the theme. For me, it was like a, 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 a strong woman and the theme of, uh, in my mind, uh, sexual violence, you know, fighting off sexual violence. Really kind of like... Um, captured my imagination so to speak as a, as a young person Yo. to see a strong woman wow as many times as Kennedy as many times as Kennedy has watched that film that and then talked about it and talked about it I never thought about sexual violence being an element in the first movie of course the third one because yeah because mm-hmm. she's literally they're literally fighting off an organism that is trying to impregnate them holy cats mm-hmm. ah this movie is the gift that keeps on giving I tell you I tell you it's like Usher no. Wow. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Ugh. Get the creams. Go, go ahead with your list. Uh, uh, okay. Well, okay. So then, it took me a while to get to this one, but I, in hindsight, I started to respect the Aliens, the second one by mm. James Cameron, and also just you know, feminist hero again. Just, um. It definitely two different films, right? But yes. I, I definitely, in hindsight, grew to, grew to uh, appreciate it. Let's see. So because I'm the age I am, of course, Blade Runner. Oh, why was that one uh, not on my list? Crap. <laughs> because it's bad. How's that not on Because it's because you only have 10. God, sorry. <laughs> um, I am also... I remember seeing Planet of the Apes, the original one, when I was younger, um, and that was uh, very uh, influential on me, the, the, um, uh, evolution gone mad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm skipping around, so then I'm going to go to the former uh, Soviet Republic, um, because it's, it's one particular filmmaker who made two films that I um, came across 
in my college film school years. It's uh, Andre Tarkovsky, and he made uh, a film called Solaris. Oh, yeah. He made a few years ago, or more than a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And basically, it's like a, a planet kind of uh, implanting um, visions or, or, or images into people's minds and they not them not knowing what's um, going on, right? If, if it was their memory or if it was actually happening, yeah. Um, and then this other one. film that I really, really dug when I was younger is Stalker. And uh, this one was, uh, was about a, a guy who, who is like a post-apocalyptic Soviet Union, and this guy is like taking people to um, a really run-down uh, dystopic area to get to this room where they feel like all their dreams can come true, basically. And wait, that's called um, Stalker? Stalker, yeah. Oh, I got to look and that up. That, was that made over? Was that made over? I don't think that was made over. But uh, yeah, those are, those are like 1970s. Sci-fi films from the Soviet Union, Andrei Tarkovsky. Um, one film that I've always loved, and it's a short film. It's a by French filmmaker Chris Marker called La Jetée. And what is the movie that was made? It was based on uh, Twelve Monkeys. Was, oh, okay. Was based on this film, so this was like the, the original sh- version. It was like almost thirty minutes. It was made up, um, it was about a post-apocalyptic world taking place in France. People are underground. These uh, scientists send this guy back in time to try to get help for them. Try to send him forward in time and also then back in time to kind of figure out how they can get out of their uh, uh, predicament uh, after a Cold War, after uh, uh, an atomic explosion um, and war. And so the 12 Monkeys was made off of that with Bruce Willis. Um, and then this film was made, it was made with black and white photographs, um, primarily ph- photographs. So maybe there's a five second uh, piece of black and white film in it, um, but it's primarily made of photographs and voiceover and music. It's a beautiful film. And really? it, it, should, it should be online, uh, usually online for people to see. Oh, I got to check that out. Um, she, she's schooling us. Yeah. And, oh, Born in Flames. Born in Flames was uh, a film made in early 80s, 1983, by a woman filmmaker named Lizzie Borden. And it's um, a speculative fiction film about a, 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 at the time, a future United States that had uh, had a revolution and turned into a socialist um, um, re- republic, hmm. uh, except that women were still... Uh, marginalized in their in their society, so there's a there's a woman's army who decide to take on basically take on the man and fight for uh, freedom for women in this world um, in the world they live in. It takes place in New York, and uh, Lizzie Borden. I think she shot it over several years. It's a really low budget independent film, um, but it's like black women, black queer women, white women, kind of poor people, kind of leading this battle against uh, the the patriarchy. Um, so like a, a feminist, um, a speculative fiction. And that's called Born, Born in Flame? Yes, yes, Lizzie Borden. And then uh, my mom. Of all people, uh, Lizzie uh, Borden. The, 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 yeah, I know Lizzie about Borden. Lizzie yeah. Borden. Yeah, Lizzie Borden. I don't know if that's her real name. That might be her stage name. Uh, or uh, I was thinking oh. about the killer. like Yeah, the, the actual one that killed the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if it's her real name. Like, I can't remember... Um, yeah, I can't remember. She's still around. Um, 
you know, screening and doing interviews and stuff. Cool. And then um, my top, my I would say my favorite film of all time, I keep coming back to it, um, is Ganja Ness. Wow, Ganja Ness. 1973 vampire, black vampire film made by a Philadelphia native, Bill Gunn. Yep. Um, a film about, obviously, it's a vampire film. It's about blood addiction, but it's also about addiction to other things like money or or addiction to sex or addiction yeah. to religion. So that's a film trippy film. I when I, yeah, I've never and heard just of an, it. It's just an artistic, uh, in my in my opinion, artistic masterpiece. And a lot of people, you know, when they see it for the first time, they're just like, "Wait, I don't get the whole story. I don't get what's going on." But I think upon uh, further viewing, you start to uh, you start to see, view the film differently instead of a, a plot-driven film. You yeah. view it like it, it's a theme-driven film. And I think um, people uh, could get it. it. When it came out, when it was first done, it went to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival, and it, it got a, it, it received an award. I forget which one, but also it got a standing ovation. And then it came back here, and um, the people who put up the money for it, uh, the distributors, they were like, uh, we wanted this to be more like Blackula. And so they cut up the film and made it like comprehensible. Oh. And yeah. it went on like that for years and it had different titles, like five different titles. Um, and then, uh, and then finally the, the, the original producer got the rights back. And I think, uh, maybe five years ago, like the director's cut finally came out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always been a film that's been close to my heart as a person who loves speculative fiction yeah it's a it's a shame with that film i know that the director he put out the director's cut but he wasn't able if uh i remember the story oh no he was he had already passed on um the uh producer uh schultz right someone uh chiz schultz um if someone actually uh interviewed for my uh documentary that's the closest i can get to like somebody who was actually there the longest uh, outside of uh, Bill Gunn making the film. And, you know, he really um, respected Bill Gunn's uh, vision for it. And so, and then also Pearl Bowser, who's like a film historian and, and filmmaker from New York, um, she had also at some point had the rights uh, to it and would screen it around the country. Um, and so I think they kind of worked together to kind of restore the, the original vision of, of, the, of Bill Gunn. No, I was going to say, like, they restored the, the cut of it, but the shame of it is um, that they couldn't, like, like get it, like, the, get the film itself into, like, pristine, you know, like, condition. Yeah. That, that's, I think they were working off of, like, a, a bad copy. Right, or, right. That, that, yeah. That's the shame of it, because there is a lot of inventive camera work in, uh, in that mm-hmm. movie in that film that uh if you watch it now gets lost because of the you know the uh the quality of the the actual film you know that you're Mm -hmm. looking at but uh yeah it's it's a trippy film it's a very trippy film Mm -hmm. yeah and there are actually some scenes and i can't remember if they're on like the extras of the dvd but there's some scenes that you can find on youtube that are not in the director's cut, but if you put them back in the context of the film, would we'll fill it out more and make it more of a, a straight through a vampire film. So it's really interesting that he, you know, to, he had a certain script that was approved by the the people who gave him the money to make a, a black vampire film. But upon shooting and then editing, things came out to, to complete his vision, yeah. to make it closer to what he wanted to, to say, basically, with his film. 
That is a very, very eclectic and smartly done list, Osley. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. you put ours to well, shame. Thank you for asking. Hey, hey, hey. You ain't heard the rest of mine yet. Oh, she, she, totally, she totally did <laughs> drop a couple nuggets. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, you ain't got, whole, you ain't got like, legit. Here's, I don't. I she, don't. She was like, here's all the gems. I started to put 12 monkeys on my list, too. I started mm-hmm. to. We'll see. So, so I mean, I, it's a hard. It's hard to make a top ten. I, I probably can come back and change five of the films out. You know, so I'm saying if I had more time. You know, time to think about, really think about it, and try to remember things that I've seen. So, uh, I, we, we we know you could. We know that you didn't mean to slight the Running Man, but it's fine. It's fine. You know, next time <laughs> you can throw that on your throw that on your list. Um, if people want to find out some more about M. Osley Dukan, they want to. See, find out more about the resistance so they can follow the the work of when the web series is going to go up or and donate running. to it so it can come up faster uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so i'm currently going through a, a crowdfunding campaign to help um fund basically the film uh the web series and um i'm, I'm using gofundme okay uh, as the as a platform so I, I, we've been up for a few weeks now and it's going pretty well but you know i'm trying to you know get as many 10 20 25 30 50 dollar uh, contributions as possible because every little bit helps that's fine so so, so so give people so give people at least the the website if they want to find out more information and then there they can find out information about donating yeah, yeah. so the website is resistanceseries.com uh, there you go nice there you go boom boom bam. Nice and, and from there you can you can find the gofundme page and and other information about the people who are already involved uh, with the project. Um, I also want to mention I the the prologue episode that I shot and finished is actually going to be playing at the Black Star Film Festival next week. There, um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Another reason to go. Saturday. Nice. Yeah. So if you go to their website, you can find. I mean, Shorts Program Six is going to be playing on Saturday at twelve, uh, at, starting at twelve. Nice. So I'm really excited about that. I've been coming to Black Star since I lived in New York. Um, this is their sixth year. I've been go, I've been going for five years. So this is my first time as a as a, a filmmaker. Um, who's oh, so actually presenting something? It. Wow, that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And then also, I'm the film to the screen, and then afterwards, I'm going to be part of a Q and A. So yeah, please come out and uh, see the film and, and talk to me. And yeah, it, nice. it's going to be great. Nice. Looks like some really great works um, are going to be playing in my in my program, but in the festival in general this year. Very and good. Ava DuVernay is going to be the the, the, the invited guest. So Ooh, the closing nice. program is going to be like an award ceremony and then an honoring of her and her work. Well done, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Black Star, Black Star uh, Festival, Film Festival and get more information about that. M. Osley, Ganja Tribble, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to, thank you. to speak with us and thank share you your list. Me. Thank I you. I appreciate so- you guys. Yo, we love you too. Oh, great job. Take care. Take care. Have Keep a good on evening. keeping on. All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have a good night, y'all. You too. You too. M. Osley Dukan, ladies and gentlemen. Resistance, the Battle of Philadelphia, web series coming your way very soon. Go to resistanceseries.com for more information. Let's get back into the top 10 summer, the best top 10 sci fi movies. And I think we're back at Rachel now for another film. All right. I'm going to tell you about one of my babies. Um, I love the film Splice. It is, I don't know, it's it's weird and it has almost a 
corniness to it, mm-hmm. but at mm. the same time, um, I love that movie. I I love everything about that movie. I love Adrian Brody. I love the human um, interaction, and I love that they they create something. And this is how it always starts out, and what draws you in and keeps you keeps you interested. But they create something, and they're they're trying to do something good for like medicine and science, um, and so they're trying to splice together um, some human some human DNA with some animal DNA and create a hybrid. Um, and they succeed with that, and everything is fine. But all of these changes keep happening, and I think it's super interesting that um, the character is benign in the beginning, but. As she develops and grows and becomes smarter, um, she starts to figure out that, again, maybe she's the one who wants to run things. Um, And I like that there's this sort of like the uh, Sarah Polly, 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 however you pronounce that, the lead actress has this maternal sort of instinct um, towards their creation. And that in the end is what kind of makes the whole problem and her not trusting her husband and all of those sort of little ins and outs where it becomes this thriller sort of mystery feel again um are awesome to me and i like that at the end the the creation sort of gets the last laugh if you will i guess i I won't talk about the end end if you haven't seen it go go and watch it it's not it is dope it's not a huge movie i feel like i feel like a lot of people i talked to haven't 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 heard of that movie and i and i saw it pretty recently like in the past five years or so as well um it's it's good just go watch it yeah it's a movie that was slept slept on but the people that did see it uh speak highly of it i know Mm -hmm. jay it's always raved about yeah Yeah. that's my jam uh and, and the effects, the practical effects for um, the hybrid is really cool because yeah. you would, when you look at her, you you would say, oh, this could be CG, but it was like early 2000s or like, yeah, so so it's all practical effects. And she, like the skin, her texture, like she has like this tail with a stinger on it, mm. like and she looks alien, but human. Like it yeah. looks like a real hybrid, like what you would expect a like a human animal hybrid to be like. And it was kind of like the the newer version of species. Yes, yeah. I was about to say, wasn't there another one that kind of like that? So species, it was species. Yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that was cool. Where, where are you? Where are you on your list, Jay? Where are we at? Um. Uh, the wraith. The wraith. Yeah. It was an 80s movie with the dude who, who used to be a race car driver. He gets killed. He comes back as this murderous like street racer with this futuristic Ooh. car, and he hunts down all his peeps I think that I like did that. him dirty, and Charlie Sheen is the bull. Yes, <laughs> and like it's just like evil Knight Rider. It's like if Knight Rider, if you took Knight, the concept of Knight Rider right. and Chucky. And put it together, oh and he's just like in this slick car that's like a futuristic Lambo that has like no shape. It's like almost like an orb. Uh, like it's like yeah. a funky looking car. Like because it, it was just like a it didn't have doors. Night. And, yeah, and it would just come out at night and just like wreck you. And then it would crash into other racers that did them dirty and other people in their houses and all kinds of stuff. And it would blow up. But because it was like alien and it was like the Grim Reaper of racing and it would come back together because he couldn't die. So the car would crash and be in pieces. And then like 
you would see it slowly moving back together and it would come back and be brand new. And then he he was like Ghost Rider. That is exactly what he was. He was Ghost Rider. I rem- I, I, I seem to remember. I, I, it's, I know I haven't seen it since. I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen this movie since like, oh, God. No, no. Oh, wow. I, I seem to remember like really bad move music in that movie. Yeah, probably. It was 86. Yeah, like, like that it bad synth Yeah, it was a lot of synth. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was that was young Charlie Sheen. Yeah, that was like pretty boy, like leading actor, like new to the scene kind of Charlie Sheen yeah. look. Like, yeah, I, I'd have to watch that again. That's a, that's that's a cool one. That's a cool one. Now, now you got, but now you got me thinking of the car. Remember the movie? The yeah. And that was similar. That was similar in the kind of yeah. same kind of like vibe yeah. and energy. There was a lot in the eighties. There was a lot of like vehicle things. I got another one on there that that I can slip in there. That's on there. Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, that movie scared me so much because <laughs> there was this one. It was like the machines take over. Like just everything that's n- not organic just snaps. Yeah, and just starts killing people. Mom, like at the baseball field or something like that. There was a kid that was like playing with the soda machine, and it just starts shooting cans of soda like at the speed of a gun, like at the pool, like boom, 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 boom. Then a lawnmower snaps and just runs over the what? the landscapers and stuff. Then like cars are just turning on people and just running people over. And then the leader of the squad, because everybody, it was kind of like the fog where everybody was, or the mist where everybody was trapped in like the convenience store, like one spot. They were trapped at a gas station. And the leader of all the machines or entities of the machines that were like killing people was this one Mack truck. That had the Green Goblin's face on it. What? Oh, and I used to be so afraid of it. Like, like it. I used to get scared every time because it would glow, and it was, and it was like the comic '60s John, like yeah. the comic '60s, like Green Goblin with the purple hood and the big smile, and it was just like that face was the grill. And they, oh my gosh, yeah, it was like the happening with cars. Yeah, that's what yeah, it it's ex- yeah, that's exactly what it was. It yeah. was the happening with just like <clears throat> machinery, machine. like. Yeah. Yeah, toast you just bust you upside the head, just toast your fire. And just killing everybody, just straight killing people. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Uh, see, yeah, yeah. Those are the movies back yeah, then, boy. I, I got a weekend plan now, man. Damn. Maximum Overdrive was like right Yeah. Uh E, what's your what's your uh what's another one of your film? Uh all right, uh so one on mine uh was a uh, fairly recent Interstellar, uh Matthew McConaughey. Uh, that was an interesting film. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, they didn't really go into the backstory of what was matter with the Earth, but long story short, we jacked it up. We gotta go, and so uh, <laughs> so it's so it, it it brought. I guess it kind of shines a light on like not time travel, but time variances on different planets. You know what I mean? So people be in orbit, go experiencing time at one rate, people going down to the planet, experiencing time at a different rate. <coughs> then you meet back each other, you know, after like I was going for 45 minutes, but it was like six months for you. Ooh. And then like to experience like the whole, another dimension inside of black holes, yeah. which was like a fifth dimension, but people manifested some kind of a 3d reality so that we could comprehend their fifth dimensional or fourth dimension, whatever we access. It, it went into a lot of different places and I didn't know it was going that deep, you know, and they're like, you know, physics and all that kind of stuff. So it was interesting when it did. So I, I appreciated it for that. So interstellar stuff on the list. Yeah. It's a movie that really messes with you, man. Cause if you like, 
if you fall asleep, which is easy to do in that film because it's a yeah. long one. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, they, they space it out. It's like Interstellar, the roots. But it's like, but if you fall asleep in that joint and then wake up, and all of a sudden my man like, is behind, how am I here? What he's behind the like, he's in the closet. What like what what <laughs> like? But it it really does mess with you, man, and it it gets you thinking. That's a very that's a that's a cool one. It's a movie that. I'm scared to watch again. One because it's so long, and then I don't want to <laughs> just time. Yeah, time. I've only got so much time on this earth. <laughs> exactly, man. But then also, I don't want to watch it and then still come away with it not quite sure what's happening because then I'm going to feel really dumb. Because like I've given you three t- chances now, and I'm st- I still can't figure. Wait, out. you watched it twice already? It's just like I don't I don't know. Well, one time I, I I I fell asleep hard and I woke up and it was credits. So <laughs> yo, real rap. That was me the first time i saw the matrix the matrix wow really because that's me every time i watch blade runner <laughs> wow i love blade runner you can continue to try and throw that shade all you want i got this flashlight and it's spelled blade runner what's next on your list blade runner um i'm gonna say both tron and tron legacy yo Should up top because it took me a good chunk of years to realize what to, to to make practical sense of them going into the grid, right? Like, okay, for this for the showiness of it, yes, it's the person organic matter being broken down and then digitized. Okay, but having a better understanding now of computer science and how information moves along circuit boards and and wires and cables and through data passageways and all that stuff, seeing that the first time, I. <clears throat> Or just you know, here they are in this digital world, mm-hmm. and I guess this is how things look here. Um, but for me, that really was able to become apparent during Tron Legacy when the upgrade happened, and you saw how information would travel, how 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 programs would would interact with each other, and the type of scale that you know had been it had been upgraded to. Um, and I I can't think of another movie that's like that the only one i can kind of think of is maybe lawnmower man but that not even not even close you know what i mean the plus lawnmower man is more of a horror or anything anyway um johnny mnemonic johnny mnemonic still uh terrible movie i don't even know why yeah i I apologize go wash your mouth out with soap i will um so yeah definitely tron and tron legacy nice I'm going to go uh, with a movie from 2007 that wasn't a big hit, but I, I enjoyed it when I lucked upon it one day. And that was uh, Sunshine by Danny Boyle. And it's all about this crew that is literally on a mission to reignite the sun because <laughs> it is dying out. And if within a matter of days... It will die out and the earth will die. So this wait, 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 hold on. Why they wait till days? Minute? Yo, y'all. No, it, the, the trip took so long. I mean, they didn't like leave like Sunday to get there Monday. You know, they they one. It took them to. Yes, yeah, so you wrote yourself no. into a corner. No, 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 no. We just figured out how to land something on on Mars. This is like it's not that far in the future. So then they. It's just a matter of having to figure out a way to get something to the sun. And then, first of all, then you got to create something that's going to reignite the sun. I mean, it took some time to do this. I mean, sometimes you you just need a dope track. 
Okay, well, it was more than <laughs> need a montage. <laughs> they need, need a montage. So we got 15 minutes. I say, has everyone else got like five less in, left in yeah. their list? About five? Yeah. We should probably rapid fire it. Yeah, we should. We should. But I, I just want to point out just real quick the, the cast of this film. Because have you ever seen Sunshine? No. Kennedy, I think you would enjoy this film. I think Eric would too. No. Who's in it? Who's in it? Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Our okay. man from Peaky Blinders. Yep. Peaky Blinders. Uh, Chris Evans, eh. uh, Captain America. Oh. But he, he actually, he's, he's very good in this. Rose Byrne. Uh, Benedict Wong. Oh, that's my bro. Cliff Curtis, who was a very underrated. I don't underrated. know who that is. It owes me $16. If you, if you saw Cliff Curtis, you would know him. Okay. Because he doesn't look like he's named. He looks like a little Israeli, but he's not. Um, uh, Haruyuki Sonata. <laughs> who that? Michelle Yao. Okay. Oh, there we go. Hey, you got me back. You got Chris Evans in I'm telling you, it, it, it's a very slept on film. But it's it's a sunshine. Sunshine. It's a very very good science fiction hmm. film. Science fiction thriller. It's really a good movie. Hmm. All right, so let's let's go uh, rapid fire. What else you have on your list, Rachel? All right, so I have uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ooh, I, the original. Or the... So I I like the original. I did see the 1978 one first. So to mm. me that is mm. you know mm. nostalgia. Um, but I but I like Goldblum. I like yeah. Cool. Mm. Um, Inception. 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 Uh, I'm a I'm a dream person. I very much think that dreams are important and not just you know whatever you fall asleep. Like no, we fall asleep and then your brain is still awake. It's doing things. Mm -hmm. So um, I like the concept of that movie. The first time I fell asleep, the second time I was like, yo, this is life changing. Um, And then you know I'm R2 triple. So the last are going to be Star Wars episodes four through seven. Well, I think that's my list. I think somebody just punched a hole in somebody's list. But I, didn't, I shouldn't have done it, but look, I'm first. Oh! Whoa! Whoa! She said, "Come at me, bro." My list is not dinged. I'm oh. good. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. That's a, that's that's shots fired. Oh. Stuff just got real up in here. Mm, I'm touching you, cotton now. Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars four through seven uh, is. For your favorite of the three? I was talking to my uh, Uber driver on the way over here, actually. He was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to the Black Triples. And he was like, the Triples, as in Star Trek. And then I did the whole pitch. And I was like, this is how you find out more. Um, but he was Thank like, you. okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. he was like, we, we were, we're friends now. It's great. Um, so he he said, what's your, fa- you know, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? And I said, probably Star Wars. I'm not sure if it's four or if it's six. Um, and we talked about that. So I would probably lean four just because I, I could watch that a million times um, and never... Never stop. So we'll say four. We'll go with that as number one. Very good. Yeah. Jay, what you got left? Um, I had uh, Star Wars Return of Jedi was on there. Um, but she already took that, so oops. Um, mm-hmm. Dark City was, Ooh, was my jam. That was my jam one. for, for That's a another one that came out that around the same sleeper. time as The Matrix. So people were like, what? Oh, no, it was, it was 13th Floor that came Thir- out at the same yeah, time yeah, as The Matrix. Because a lot of what great. was in Dark City... People were they were influenced to make and put into the Matrix. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, they took a lot of stuff from <laughs> from a lot of people. A lot. They took a lot from a Dark lot. City. From Dark a City. Lot. They took a lot. Wachowskis um, took a lot from everybody. Yeah, a lot. Mm. And then a uh, lot. Like everything they've ever done. <laughs> yeah, everything. Uh, Terminator, the first one. Um, 
Yeah. They went into and I, I would even give a what's the newest one? Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, cuz they did a lot of sci-fi. Like they really tried to like go into time travel and explain a lot of that and all that so. Yeah. Um Spider-Man Homecoming. What? Facts. Right, because it was all about science throughout the whole movie. Because my man was in high school, like, yo, I'm a nerd. It was a, it was a story about a nerd, and he, he was he was in the lab making his web fluids, like stealing supplies from the school, <laughs> like just mixing stuff up. Like he was, they were showing how much of a scientist he was. Like, and I really, really was digging it. And then even with the vulture, like. They were, you know, a damage, you know, a, a, a recon crew of like damaged items and yeah. You know, but then later on, you know, the vulture is tech. Like he makes his suits. They had to tinkerer there. They like, you know, like all these different people, like Shocker, all of these people who use technology. So it's a sci-fi movie. That's a fine, fine. I think that think that might have been uh, all I had left. Yeah. That's what you got. Yeah, it's, it sounds great because you would end it with Spider Spider Man yeah. Homecoming. That's right. Yeah. What you got, Mac? All right. So uh, last ones. Um, it said Inception. A uh, Memento. Memento was a good movie. If you haven't seen Memento, it was definitely at least like a good twenty years old. It was about this guy with like short term memory loss. So he was basically on a mission of trying to find who killed his wife, mm-hmm. and he would tattoo things that he needs to remember on his body, and then look in the mirror in the morning, right? And then like see new things and discover kinds of stuff. Chris Nolan, yes, so, yeah, uh, it was a Chris Nolan movie. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. Um, I did like Memento. It's, Would you consider that science fiction, though? I don't know. That's more behavioral studies, or like a that's a noir That's a yeah, it's more like a thriller, psychological thriller. Yeah, maybe not like science fictiony because it was just like a head wound. So right. It was like medical, not like sciency. Right. All right. So that might not. Count. I mean, that is sciency, but but like that wasn't the. The science of it wasn't the focus. Yeah, that's right. If anything, it's the medical sciences was not. But go ahead. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. Really? Yes. You like Sanaa Lathan? Yes, yes. That's exactly (laughs) why I was like, yeah, AVP. Yep. Um, Terminator 2. So not the first one, Terminator 2. I knew you did. Uh, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah, wow. that with the little kid found wow. a little alien spaceship, has yeah. a little adventure. Um, him and the ship become friends, and like he drops him off home before the ship like leaves or whatever. No Mac and me, huh? Nobody remembers that Mac remember, and me. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, it was no, bad. no, we don't. Um, last two, uh, Looper, <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson oh, film. Wow. Yeah, Looper this is good was movie. good. Uh, that was a Bruce dope Willis. movie. Yeah, so he has you am, questioning am, fate. Am, am I the and, only one who? Figure that movie out within the first twenty minutes. Was it just? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's easy. It's easy to figure out. It's easy to figure out. Yeah. But it's still the. the it was still a good movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, so that was good stuff. Time travel, uh, fate, dealing with destiny, yourself. You know, uh, and what the future can hold, and yeah. possibilities, potential, and telekinesis, and all kind of stuff like that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, is a bad man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's great. Yeah, and he just kills it. So that was great. And uh, last one list is Rogue One. So Star Wars was going to be up to yet, definitely. So yes, my list is intact. And Rogue One is up there, and we all good. Yeah, because it's not even one of four through seven. Don't don't look at me like that. You know we're the same person deep down. You could never hate yeah, yourself. That's, true. that's okay. We'll be okay. What we'll kind it, of metaphysical we'll stomp was that? Oh that's what happens in Star Wars. Man. This was Kennedy's choice to do this list, so I'm going to. Uh, 
uh, rapid fire through mine what I have left and then let Kennedy uh, close out the show. The pooty tang. I have two animated films uh, that I didn't get to mention. I won't go deep into them because we all, they're all both classics. Uh, the Incredibles mm. goes without being yep. said. Maybe one of the best superhero movies of all. I time. was gonna say I would give it more of a superhero than science fiction. But it's still, I still think well, fair enough. But I consider it a science fiction. There's science in it, you know, syndrome. A, yeah, robots. Yeah. A lot of robots. Uh, then, true. then the Iron Giant, because that's that's all about science. Uh, this is this is definitely more horror, but I just love it. Thirty Days of Night. Oh, because I, I love that. It just it just made so much sense. Like, yo, why wouldn't y'all go to where y'all got thirty days of night and just go ham? And that's what the vampires doing. That Scully time. Triple is obsessed with that comic so series. Good. Oh, so it was a good such comic a good series. comic series. Good so banging. Uh, then the uh, the last on, the last three on my list was the Fifth Element because. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I hate you because it's just it's just oh such world building in that movie. Uh, the first Predator. Oh my! <laughs> because this is why you wanted me to go last. I hate your face. I had no idea what was on your list. And then and then it's superhero, but it's the it's the original superhero and it's the original. And some people say it's one of the birthstones of science fiction as we know it today. And that would be 1978's Superman. Mm. So uh, yeah. I got, I He's got, an alien. Yeah, and it's time travel. I mean, when he turns back time just to bring back his his, his woman, like, oh, it's crazy. So I even as a even as a young buck, when I saw that, I was like, this is stupid. I thought it was, but it was. I I I was all in. I was like, like, I like the God. movie overall, but when he did that go around the planet thing, I was like, come I did. On, I was like, man. would that really work? I was like, yeah, come no, on, man. It would, hey, it would work if you had a red cape. Go ahead, Kennedy. What's left on your uh, on your rapidly editing list right now? Yeah. <laughs> right. What's left on this, your this list? Is, this is all my B-string now that I got to pull out the cracks because this mofo. Uh, Star Trek First Contact. All the way around. Just a banging, action-packed, time travel Star Trek movie. Um, can't, can't say anything against it. I'm going to say Total Recall, uh, also known as We'll Remember It For You Wholesale. Um, Quado, the first one, the first Total Recall. Thank you very much. That's a Philip K. Dick story, right? Yes. Yeah. All of his stuff pretty much got listed tonight. Blade Runner being one of them, um, Total Recall being another. Um, and then I'm going to go with The Fly. I was wondering no if that fine. was going to be on your. It's Jeff Goldblum. Uh, well, come on. Yeah, right? But the science. It's yeah. the science. The science. Man really tried is. to make a, a fission. Teleporter. Teleporter machine thing and literally was able to, uh, as a scientist, track his rate of decay. Yeah, because they were really going like hardcore horror with that film, but they really didn't. They leaned on the science through a lot of that film. Well, at the end. Well, at the end, but I'm just saying throughout the film, they could have went like crazy. That's true. That's one of those movies that you cannot eat anything while you're watching. Oh, no. And I always forget until I get to that point where it's like, oh, um, I'm going to say RoboCop. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of all the cybernetic stuff going on in there. Um, his reboot sequence struck me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it resonated with me really well. Uh, I'm going to say Rollerball. Okay. All right. right. Yeah, right. Because like... if nothing else, it is speculative fiction. Yes. Right? There might not have been much science involved in that story, but it was definitely like, okay, uh, issues hit the fan. Corporations have taken over society. Here is the sport. Obviously, these dudes are on some type of supplements. They're feeding them pills throughout the whole movie. Um, behavior suppressants, all that type stuff. So it really gets into it. Um, I'm like LL on it, right? LL that's cool the remake. It? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. this is the original first one with was James, James Con. Gotcha. Can I say my list? Thank you. You won't dig in my crates and pull up my stuff. Can I give my stuff? Huh. Go ahead with your stuff, baby. And he just says mm. stuff like that. It diffuses everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the second time someone's going to stole your kit tonight. Um, World Tour. It's a little known science fiction film about this a small group of people in a small town that start realizing that they're weird people, like visitors, bobbing in and out of their town. It's very small, sleepy, like rural kind of area. And they get this like group of people that just mm. kind of randomly come through at different points over a different time, come to find out this huge cataclysmic, um, you know, uh, science event i can't remember if it was stellar or if it was atmospheric but it was some type of big thing going on um and these people were literal time travelers like they were on a tour to go back at different points in time to witness it firsthand just like you would take a tour bus or anything like that cool that's awesome that's, i gotta check that out when world was- world tour it's definitely 80s it's an older one all right i gotta check that out all right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. We're bumping up against the clock. The show will be available for your download, streaming pleasure on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Google Radio. Play, and every good place that podcasts be, including the CLNS Podcast Network, as well as on the BlackTribbles.com. For Storm Tribbles, Master Tribble, Spider Tribble, Super Saiyan Tribble, R2 Tribble, Super Tribble, uh, for Ganja Tribble, and for all the Tribbles at sea, this is... The bat triple and partying, we say. Hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Wow. We're the same person. You can't hate me because you wouldn't hate yourself. <laughs>